Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fada. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on the journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. I'm your host, Mike Fada, and I'm excited to host Mark Samuel, the founder of I Want Organics. We're in the Venture Park Club, um, and so now's the time that uh, if you're a founder uh, and you have a question for Mark or I and you think that uh, we could be helpful, put your hand up, come up on stage, introduce yourself, ask your questions. We just ask, you know, 30 to 60 seconds on the question. You'll get a 30 to 60 second answer so we can, like, go through and, and, and help some other founders. We do have a hard stop, as mentioned, at 9.05 uh, Eastern Time. Uh, and so I will bring some folks up and, uh, and we can, uh, jump into that portion, Mark. Hey, Jolene, welcome. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. Hi. I was just giggling at Anthony's photo. <clears throat> oh, Anthony's playing around. Sorry, Joey. I said, Jolene, <laughs> we, we would let ladies go first anyway, Joey, but uh, we'll come to you. Thanks for coming up. Uh, and a nice one, uh, a nice one, Anthony. That's uh, cracking me up now. Uh, Jolene. You, uh, you want to introduce um, yourself? Do you have, a, you have a question for Mark? Yes, thank you, Mike. Hi, Mark. Um, uh, my name is Jolene Rivera, and I've been in the uh, hemp and cannabis space for about five years now. And um, I think it's fitting, especially with my care. I'm just wondering, um, have you ever thought about incorporating hemp into any of your products as an ingredient? That's a good question. The, 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 answer, the short answer is no. Um, we're, um, it's a, uh, it, and to, to follow it up, it's because, um, we're not focused on that. So we're legume based. We like peas and beans as far as, uh, core ingredients. And that's really what's going to make up the profiles for the next, however long, as far as, uh, different innovations. Um, and, uh, the hemp category is a little bit different for, in, in my view, as far as uh, consumer and, and education. Got it. Thank you so much for it. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was going to say you, you would have thought that that was a seated question, Mark, but it, it wasn't a seated question. Just hemp is, is you know, Jolene's but as passionate about hemp as, as I am, I guess. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll change that. You never know. Well, you, you know that, uh, that, that you never say never, right? It may happen one day. Who knows? I was going to say there's a lot of vitamins and proteins in that plant. <laughs> it's true. I don't even get paid to say that anymore, and I'd say that that's true. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I, I know a lot about hemp. I know the profile. I think it's a I think it's a great ingredient. It's just uh, as you also know much more than I do. Educationally, it's just different, and uh, you would um, you would need to talk about it differently. You need to explain it differently, and, and it's just a to me, it's a it's a it's a separate brand um, that needs to make that up. Cool. Thanks, Jolene. Anthony, you're uh, you're too flattering today, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but welcome. And uh, you got a question for Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so we just launched a partner market. And I think from a, a metric standpoint, we think about, um, you know, and I think it, it's interesting because you mentioned co-packing, right? It's like who you choose to work with and how you evaluate those relationships. So one thing that we're thinking about is, is there pent up demand for product, right? So how do you go about um, validating product and building pent-up demand before you go to market, even with a soft launch? That's a great question. Is this pertaining specifically, though, to a co-packer and whether or not as far as minimums and the like? Yeah, I mean, just in general, um, you know, that's the whole part of the business that I genuinely don't understand. I love to learn. That's why one of the reasons why 
I follow Mike everywhere he goes. Um, he's brilliant, and he has so much knowledge um, to narrow my gap. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think from a Copac perspective, from a, a manufacturing perspective, supply chain, um, all of that. Yeah, I think it depends on the product because every product is different. Uh, for instance, for us extruded products, it's not something you could really make in your kitchen. So you would have to find a co-packer either way, and you would need to convince that co-packer that you're going to be a partner for them long term. Um, and what I mean by that is most co-packers are going to want a minimum. And if it's not a minimum, they're going to charge you for line time and the like. So it can become very expensive. So oftentimes I lean into this very simple idea, which is you're always selling. Uh, that's, an, that's, an, that's a founder in itself. You're always selling. And that starts from that first phone call to a co-packer, whereas you're telling them of your idea, what you need done, and, and, the, and you know, basically where you believe you can take uh, the company and the products behind it. And so um, as far as a co-packer, it's all about walking in and making sure that they believe in you. If you don't have that, you don't have that attribution, you're not getting anything done. If I flip it to the other side and it's something that you could make in your kitchen, maybe you have, you know, your, your grandma's cookie recipe, I'm a big believer on just doing it yourself. If you do get big enough and you need to go to a commercial kitchen and you need to get your buddies involved, have them make up product with you and go sell it. And I would just be doing that over and over and over again until it literally is at a peak where you are not able to produce any longer at that volume and you do need to finally go over to the co-packer model and then you get into the to the uh, discussion that I just noted. Wow, Mark, that's totally incredible advice. And I think that's where the best brands are born because, you know, the human interaction, the one-on-one -on -one interaction, the product validation, the user feedback that you get from that experience is second to none. And I think in the age of the internet, we have a disconnect between that human algorithm of how people feel and benefit from your product. And selfishly, I did bring Joey, I did ping Joey into the room because I think he is one of those uh, cases where he started to develop a product, um, did his own labels, his own bottling, started selling it to friends and family and now expanding. So I'm so happy you're here, Joey. And thank you so much for holding this space. Mike and Mark, you guys are phenomenal, uh, huge fans. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for bro. thanks for coming up, Anthony. Appreciate it. Joey, how are you? Welcome. Thank you, Anthony, for pinging me in. This is a great room. Mark, Mike, it's really great to hear you guys. Um, yeah, like like he was saying, I am a small batch organic hot sauce producer here in Southern Oregon, and you know, I, I think you know the big question. Some of the the questions that I came up with are like where you, Mark, you were addressing them. It's like. I'm I'm talking to some co-packers. You know, I got into Erewhon. I'm in the market of choice. I'm in a lot of little small shops here in Southern Oregon. And I'm thinking about, you know, expanding to going to different, like, supermarkets, like Moms and, and Mothers, you know, just direct to these um, actual super, supermarket chains that do have, like, small, like, local products. They support a lot of small local products. And I guess my question is, is, like, Every time I give a call to some of these co-packers, you know, the, just the process in which they produce the product, you know, it's, it's just different, you know. Um, they don't necessarily have oven roasting. They don't necessarily, like, just the whole methodology, what I feel what makes my sauce and just what it is and 
you know, the consistency, the quality, the integrity is just all there. Uh, is it ultimately, do we want to hand this over and, or is it to the point to better to have a vision of like, you know, having your own facility? Or is that just like crazy talk? Uh, n- nothing's crazy talk, but you know, producing your own products. I'm not, I'm personally not a fan of that. Uh, unless you, you know, you got a rich uncle. Um, that's just my take on it. I think uh, having your own manufacturing facility is, is, is its own animal. It's also its own business. I often relate it to the idea of fulfillment, uh, warehousing and fulfillment. Oftentimes people would say, yeah, I got my own warehouse and then we fulfill. It's like, why? That's not the business you're in. You're in the business of, of making some awesome hot sauce, right? Which you probably can get somebody to do. And you have the reason of why you get, you know, wh- why are you developing it? And you can do, you're a marketer. That's what you should be focused on. So uh, I, going back to it, I would say if you have the wherewithal financially and you want to have the undertaking of, of being a manufacturer yourself, sure. Um, but at the same time, um, there are plenty of co-packers that, that you can find that will be within your wheelhouse and be up to the standards. You're just probably going to have to do a little bit more research on it uh, and, and then go from there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just uh, I think Mark's points there are good, uh, Joey. i just add on and, and just maybe a, a little bit of self, selfless promotion, but uh, it, it's for free, so it's okay. If, uh, if, if you or anyone else that's listening isn't familiar with uh, Greg Fleischman, uh, who's a natural product legend, and I uh, last week decided that we are going to take all of our years of experience and to, to help uh, in a mass mentorship uh, uh, way with, uh, with natural product founders and put together the Fata and Fleischman startup uh, toolbox, uh, which is a Dropbox file that has, I think, about 100 different files and templates uh, now for all different aspects of, of starting a, a CPG and a natural product CPG business. One of them is a, is a co-packing list that, uh, that has uh, uh, hundreds of co-packers uh, in all different categories uh, in it. And so uh, anyone that's interested, you can go into my bio. Uh, there's two options. You could text or send an email to, to get that file. It's not an upsell. It's not a sales funnel. It's all free. It's just our way to, uh, to give back. And so hopefully if, as you're kind of investigating different sauce, uh, uh, commands that, that could be a fit for you, that uh, that could be helpful for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight, guys. Thanks a lot. And, and I don't have like some deep pockets near me. So <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I, I, and I never had any deep pockets and I, I started uh, Manitoba Harvest with uh, $3,000 uh, and we exited for $419 million and, and we built $25 million of, uh, of manufacturing assets. So there's lots of different ways to do it. But, uh, you know, Mark was right there. It is a separate business, uh, you know, in Canada. There's a lot of support for manufacturing, but you got to be mindful of where does your value, where do you really create your value? And most of the value is created in the brand and, and, and on the sales uh, side of the uh, of the business and, and uh, uh, especially for different categories. So um, yeah, it's a smart question as you're, as you're thinking through it. And thanks for, thanks for coming up and asking it. Thank you. You're welcome. Sasha, hey, nice to see you. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Mike, I'm good, thanks. And hey, Mark, uh, thanks for your time today. Um, so quick question for you. You might have answered this from Anthony's question or in the intro, but, you know, in your early years, in your first, maybe first, second year, how did you raise brand awareness for your company when you were bootstrapped? And secondly, um, when, at what point did you have a production run and decide to go um, into retail? 
Uh, uh, two parts. Um, we were, we and, were, and Mark, again, just, and Mark, just before you jump into yep. it, Sasha, just, yep. just, just give a, a quick uh, 30 second intro on you and, and, and your product you're trying to put together. I think it'll help with, uh, it'll help with Mark's answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I run a part time, I run a, a vegan and a vegan, um, a rice and chickpea based vegan crisp. Um, you know, I'm, as you said, I'm kind of doing a direct to consumer right now. I work in a commercial kitchen. I've sold about 350 to 400 units in my first month of selling. Um, and now I'm in the midst of finding a co-packer, which I think I may have. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool. Um, to the two parts, uh, early in the business, first off, our first product was a chip. Uh, so it was, it was a higher protein chip. Um, we moved into extruded products in, in 2018, but, um, we were very fortunate and this is an anomaly. So I, I it's not really, uh, something that people can, um, can leverage or, or reference often. We had a national launch with uh, a, a supplement, uh, a nutrition supplement retailer here domestically. So our first order was sizable. So we had already walked into that first co-packer that we were at, and I had started my um, partnership with them uh, prior to even the retailer uh, placing the P.O., it was knowing that the retailer was going to be onboarding us that allowed me to, to sort of press go. So again, it, it's, it's an, an, a kind of not the, the most common answer. Um, so that's for us. I will say, um, I still walked into that original co-packer. We, we had moved on from them uh, with nothing. No POs, uh, just... Me and the way that I talk now, none of that has changed. And a a a commitment, focus, mission, and and drive uh, to build uh, an organic legume based snack company. And on that first phone call, I know his name was Dave. He could hear what you're hearing, and he could tell that this was going to happen, and there was nobody going to standing in my way to make that happen. So he was either going to get on, I'm just being on, just transparent here. He was either going to get on board with us or I was going to make another phone call. And that's how I felt. Uh, and it worked out. So um, I'm not saying we can all do that. Um, I I'm cut this way. I've been doing this my whole career. Um, if you are not that way, find somebody who is. There are plenty of people who you could partner up with or maybe they can you know, take a seat at the table with you who has the ability to convince others that you have a great thing in front of you and they have a great opportunity in front of them. So that's one. How do you market early with no money? Uh, you don't. You, you're, just, you're just slowly getting out the gate and you're doing whatever you can. If that means trying to find low-hanging fruit as far as influencers and ambassadors, I would go that route. Try to keep the cash, um, you know, as far as outlay to a minimum. So basically, you're offering some product to get some posts going. I think early, early on, that's how you get out the stable, and I would always suggest that. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, and those are some of the things I've been doing. So um, it's good to know, and thanks for your honesty and, and uh, transparency. I got nothing to add there, Sasha. And I, what I what I what I can say though is I love hearing Mark uh, get fired up because you know I know that he loves giving back, and uh, hopefully the uh, clubhouse experience is good for him, and uh, we can get him in front of more uh, founders, just you know, helping show the way because it's uh, it, it's it's needed to help grow our industry.
Yeah, totally. Mark, I, I do follow you and I, I, and I love your posts. I just, um, you know, there's a, as you said, there's 90% a lot of, uh, it's a roller coaster essentially. Right. So, and you're transparent about that. So it's good to know. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Brian, uh, welcome to clubhouse. First day on clubhouse. Welcome. Uh, welcome to natural product founders, helping founders. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and do you have a question for Mark? Thank you. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, my, my name is Brian. I'm the owner of Crack Sauce. We're a small batch com- hot sauce company that we actually grow our own chili peppers. We uh, produce and manufacture ourselves. Uh, been it was nights and weekends from 2018 to exactly a year ago. Um, my question is around forecasting and planning. Uh, I, since we're growing our own chili peppers and produce. I am, we, we, we do uh, wholesale uh, through QuickBooks. We do farmer, we do 15 farmers markets uh, in Square. I have Shopify online and every month, every quarter, I'm like, we're looking at our velocity at stores. We're looking at um, our seasonality at direct consumer events. We're looking at seasonality with Shopify and I need to do a lot of planning and forecasting and, since I have limitations within my manufacturing and production. So we're, we're profitable for the last three years. We're reinvesting in that locally. We're not going to be a national brand. Um, but my question is around efficiencies with forecasting and planning. Do you guys work in Excel? Um, is it kind of that manual process? I, I, I'm, I've looked at softwares before, but I, I feel like I don't have the flexibility that I have in Excel, but I'm just curious how you think about forecasting and planning, especially when data is disparate. We're, we, we suck. We suck at it, dude. It's hard. <laughs> you and everybody else, Mark. You and everybody else. But it just takes it, it. I feel like I'm reinventing the wheel every time. I've got a, I've got a good answer because it's so we're bringing on it. This is great timing. We're bringing on. We're five years in, right? There's there's six of us on the team. Uh, that's for a separate topic too. I can tell you know you where where the players should play. You know, strap on the helmet and get out to the field type thing. Um, we're bringing on our first director of operations. This is somebody who's been in the trenches and can not only implement but manage processes. One of which is around the idea of, uh, of inventory management. Uh, this is, again, great example. We are currently, even as of today, closing out the month, and we're probably short a couple thousand cases of product that we could have sold in the month that we are, are going to make up for in our first run that happens in the first week of June. But that sucks. You don't want to be that business. But as you're growing... You are going to come into that, and that's what's going to happen. There are going to be these tipping points that occur and continue to occur as you grow and scale. And you just want to be able to be at that tipping point and recognize it before it starts getting out of hand. And, and for us, that's where we're at. So for, for this particular question, it is bringing on somebody, if you don't have the ability or know-how to be able to solve that problem and that process and create the process, um, because it, it is an important one, and um, I don't have the makeup for that, and so I find somebody who does. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I just hired uh, – we got four college interns. One is marketing, one is photo, one is uh, 
uh, one is operations. So I, I'm, we're just having him write procedures for everything that we do, just I think as a starting point, just because we're getting to the point where it's all in my head and it needs to be on paper. But thank you. Yeah, Brian, I'd I just add on to, uh, to, to Mark's, you know, maybe just more kind of tactical or from, from, uh, from my experience, you know, mental barbers, we didn't, we didn't put an MRP system in until we were $25 million in, in sales before that it was, it was ran on Excel, um, and, and set up a, a pretty, you know, um, it, you know, it wasn't the most complicated Excel worksheet, but it was, you know, had our, our minimum order quantity, whether it was self-manufactured or what the, what our co-packers run size was our inventory on hand position that got pulled out of, you know, QuickBooks, even at the time, our min and max of that we wanted for inventory, our orders on hand of what, of what we saw. And so that we pulled that every day, every day POs came in, we reprinted that uh, orders on hand. And then, and then that gave us a total. And so, you know, that's a seven or eight column uh, spreadsheet on Excel um, and uh, pretty easy to set up. And, and it sounds like you're working uh, like that already, but you know, uh, we have, and I know a number of friends, companies that have used something like that to scale until you're like a 10, 20 or even bigger uh, kind of business. Uh, it's just being attentive to it every single day. Um, but I like the thoughts of, of of the other things you said, writing SOPs on kind of all of it, because that's what you know. That's how you institutionalize a business. You got to get out of your head, and you got to get into SOPs. Cool, and I, I have your your spreadsheets to dig into. So thank you for sharing that. Um, there was one resource that I would to- totally recommend everybody else check out, but I think it was your co-founder that had principles for every single part of the business, and like I was nodding my head and and pumped up to dig into them for my own side. So thank you both. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, you know there's it's a feedback loop. So if, if there's anything that you're working on in your business, and this is for anyone in their audience that uh, that needs a certain tool, like Greg and I have literally like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of templates, forms, and and from HR kind of you know, and, and we're just loading it every day into the uh, Fat and Fleischman's uh, startup toolbox. But uh, if there's specific requests, uh, we're going to prioritize them, and uh, and so just let it be known. Send send one of us a a DM, and uh, and happy to to get that to you. I mean, the whole reason that we're doing it. And, and we're doing it for no charge and it'll always be no charge is we just wish we had those tools when 20 years ago when we started out and we didn't. And so know that that's, a, that's an ultimate gift to help natural product founders to help make this world a, a better place. So uh, feel free to, to, to kind of circle back with some of those requests uh, um, for sure. And thanks for coming up, Brian. And welcome again to Clubhouse. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. David, also another, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know that, Mark, but all the party hats show that uh, people are new to Clubhouse, and there's there's a number of reasons people are coming to Clubhouse. One is that they opened it to Android in the last week, and so a lot of Android users come to Clubhouse that couldn't get in before. But two, a lot of people come in because Mark Samuel from I1 Organics was coming to Natural Product Founders, helping founders, and kicking some gems of knowledge. So I'm sure that, uh, and I know that David was that because he sent me a note to ask him to come on. So uh, David, how are you? Uh, welcome. Um, fine. You are completely right, Mike. I am here following Mark. Um, Mark, uh, it has been a, a really great um, experience. Let me just go right into it. You have been uh, really recently going on on the complicated issue of um, the value of acquiring co- uh, customers versus what is the, the value of the customer ultimately bring to, to uh, the business? And while, people, while no, you normally see things like, well, the value, the default the, the uh, formula or the default ratio is that the value of the customer should be something around uh, three times the value of acquiring the customer. 
Uh, but recently you went into a little bit of a specialized way to quantify this. You try to put um, a value based on how much profit the, um, what is your profit margin on the, uh, on the product. Let's say you have a product that it costs a hundred dollar, uh, 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 the, 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 uh, the, the product costs a hundred dollar. You are having $35, um, uh, pr uh, profit on that product. You can use that $35 figure to calculate how much is that you, that the cost of acquiring uh, a new customer should be based on that figure. Uh, and I am just using the $100, so everything is uh, easy to round up. Could you please expand a little bit more of that, assuming that you survived my, my terrible accent? <laughs> no, I, I got what you're saying. I, I'm, I actually, um, if we're, I, I think we're talking about direct-to-consumer as far as a, the value of the customer and acquiring the customer. Um, I, I think it, that's its own topic, too, and it could go on forever. I would just say my findings over the last 12 months, as far as direct-to-consumer, speaking for our product, remember, we're shipping air. So I could probably dive deeper into specific products that have a range of different answers to them, depending on what they look like, the price, how they ship, and the like. Um, but for us, we're, we're shipping a lot of air. So we've got to be able to bring in a good dollar amount after acquiring a customer. And depending on what that acquisition looked like, it could be not only very expensive, but it could suck out the cash flow. And we're not quite certain whether or not we're ever going to recoup that. So, so I'll, I'm going to generalize and I'll, I'll define it. I, I, I look at business just in general as very simple. I want to make sure that there's profit in any transaction. And if that means that uh, we are talking about direct-to-consumer on our website. If I have to go acquire the customer for $20, plus all the other things that go along with it, meaning cost of goods sold, shipping, and every other penny that is involved for everybody touching the product from start to finish, which nobody accounts for for some reason, right? It's miscellaneous. I need to make sure that there is some money at the end of it all. And when is that actually going to happen? I don't know. Most would say they can quantify it and formulate some sort of calculation that if the customer that you're spending to acquire, you lose 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks to acquire them on the first go around, do they come back three, four, five, six times? Hopefully. And somewhere in that chain, you can figure out when you're going to make back that initial loss. Now, I know that's kind of a, a generalized answer. I would just say that can be defined. There are smart people who can help someone get there and figure it all out. But I will leave you with this. The direct-to-consumer landscape as far as online business today has totally changed. And in my belief, this is my own, so do it, everybody can have their own, I believe we are not out of it yet. And that's because there are things that people are not accounting for 
that have transpired over the last 15 to 18 months, like people being home all the time. And there are, because of that, people are floating and sitting there on their phone or their, their computer all day long, doing nothing <laughs> except hopefully working. So just um, keep that in mind for why there's a, there, sh- there should be more of, but there's going to be talk about why cost per acquisitions are a lot higher. It's not just an iOS change thing. That's one. But uh, keep in mind that the, the, the country, or at least domestically here, are opening up. And I'll tell you this, I can look outside and people are out, and there's going to be a lot more people out, which means less activity and less, less being bored on the phone shopping for stuff that you're selling. Okay. I think I... Yeah, not, I think not, I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, not an easy answer, David, but uh, I think Mark shared some good uh, information there, and it's something to like just dig into. But I appreciate you coming up and uh, and asking the question because I think it's a uh, it's a good Mark shared some good knowledge everyone can kind of think about on it. Uh, so appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. Yes, sir. Nikhil, um, also new to Clubhouse. Uh, great to see. Welcome to Natural Product Founders Helping Founders. You want a quick intro and you like me? Yeah, actually, I have a question for each one of you, if it's okay. Um, just being really conscious of time, so we may not, but if you ask it uh, briefly and we have uh, quick answers, we okay. may we may uh, have so, some. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Mike, this is my first question for you. So, actually, I'm from India, and slowly the Indian market has been opening towards the hemp, hemp products and everything. So, what do you think is the global scenario the Indian, for the Indian market, based on your analysis back then of the global scenario? Do you think it would be a right time in order to enter into the market? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a brief answer. I just want to be conscious of, of time too, Nikhil. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, hemp uh, and hemp foods and hemp seed products are highly nutritious. Um, people like the taste of them. They like the nutrition that they offer. And so I think there's it's that from a global market standpoint, uh, it's just going to keep on growing. And we've seen that in Canada and the U.S. and in Europe. So I don't think it's going to be any different in India. If you're considering uh, um, trying to get into that business, then it would be, you know, what's the competitive landscape and how do you differentiate yourself against competitors? But as far as the total addressable market, uh, it, it, it is growing for sure. Thank you. Mark, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, so my question for you is, like what what was behind your mind when you were deciding the name of your company Ivan Organics exactly like what does it the acro- the acronym is I'm winning on nutrition uh, I just knew that this was going to be a forward you know a forward positive uh winning attitude type of uh brand that we were going to build on on a health and wellness platform thank you Mark. thank you guys for this great having a chat with you thank you Hey, you're, you're welcome. Thanks for coming up. And I, I, I love that, actually. I think the brand, because, you know, it's catchy. Uh, Mark, not only the brand is catchy, but I see you are, you're like winning, you know, can be you're winning on everything, you know. Uh, and what's better to win than on your health uh, and to win on health? You have to have good nutrition because you are what you eat, right? So um, yep. smart. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, I'm, I'm keeping uh, hold of good time here, Mark, so you don't have to be worried and we're gonna have time for a wrap up, but, uh, Ted, Perfect. another, another, uh, new clubhouse. Welcome to clubhouse. Welcome to natural product founders, helping founders. You want to introduce yourself and you have a question for Mark? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Okay. I just want to make sure really quick. Yeah. There's some background noise there, but we can hear you. Go ahead. 
Okay, sorry guys, I'm at, I'm at the gym actually. I tried to find a quiet spot. Uh, thanks, I follow both of you guys. Really appreciate all the content. You guys are organizing this today. Uh, Mike, I hope you don't mind if I direct this towards Mark. Um, I'm working on a hard seltzer product, so obviously not going to go out and build a brewery, so your point on manufacturing is well taken, not building it out. So I'm curious, Mark, how you've fought sort of the margin compression that comes when you have to go to a contract um, contract packer, and then, you know, if you have to go through distribution channels, and then also, um, how you, you know, how you've built your brand equity, like it seems like a lot of your marketing is based on your personal personal authenticity um, as someone less experienced with social marketing. Um, what are some tips and tricks beyond just authenticity, like whether that's picking your channels properly? Um, if you could just go into that a little bit more, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Thanks. Uh, the first question about uh, margin, I don't actually believe that somebody going to a co-packer should have constraint on that. Again, it, it is a negotiation uh, and you're the one that's going to set the the uh, the retail price uh, so long that it falls within some range uh, and, and whether it's premium or not. So I would just, in short, stick to the theme that you need margin in this business. And I'm a big believer you should grab the margin out the gate. So in your first negotiations, uh, even if you're talking volumes or not, you need to have enough margin in the business for not only now, but for two years from now, three years from now, if you uh, believe you're going to get there. A lot of times people believe that they're going to make it up later for, with, with higher volumes. I'm not a big believer in that. Grab the margin that you need now because you're going to need it. Number two, um, brand equity. I've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I, I, again, I kind of feel old saying that, but I've been, um, I've been, uh, my career's, you know, I'm now 19 years into doing my own thing and of course different ventures, but I've had, um, experience along the way. And in the last few ventures, social was part of those. Um, and so I've been able to sort of build on that theme and the things that I was doing, um, and, and I believe that's helped um, me be in a position where I am now, at least for building something specifically here on LinkedIn, um, and, and where there's going to be some brand equity built in. So I would say um, the most important thing for you is just going to be consistency. Um, no matter you know when you start or how you start, just make sure you recognize that it's a long road ahead. Be consistent with it, and over time, uh, you know you'll you'll get some value out of it. All right, great. Thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks you both for putting this together. Is that helpful for you, Ted? I know I know I know Mark I know Mark extra appreciates that you took the call uh, and asked the questions from the gym. That I know. Uh, but thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming up and asking. For sure. Yeah, have a good night, guys. You too. Well, Mark Samuel, um it's been a wonderful hour spent with you and um uh, I'm holding true to my time. Any, uh, I have a couple of closing things, but anything else that uh, that, that that you want to say before we uh, before we close? No, this is great. I think that um, as with anything, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in getting uh, feedback from those that are that are in it, you know, or have done it, um, and that are going to be really speaking to the truths of, of what goes on, just like you, you know, just like you do, and why you're putting this stuff out there. I think. Um, there's a lot of advice out there, and I think that we need to be very cautious on where we're getting that advice uh, because, it, as I started and I will always end with, uh, it's a very difficult business. 
and uh, you need to be very you know careful with the moves that you're making. Totally agree, and uh, yeah, it um, you know, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs not only getting advice. Yeah, people are like, well, where's my advice coming from? I get too much advice, and and it's trying to find that right advice, and and. Uh, trying to be a little bit of a shining light for that. So thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on being open and, uh, and transparent and, and just sharing. And I know it is, uh, I know it is helpful. Just a, a couple announcements. Uh, uh, again, um, if you're, if you're not already following the venture park club, venture park club was, um, uh, myself and a number of friends along with Arlene Dickinson, uh, created the Venture Park Club partly around uh, Arlene's Venture Park business, but on Clubhouse, it's our way of giving back. And so we host a number of rooms, most of them are around uh, helping founders and entrepreneurs and in CPG. Uh, we do have uh, uh, the next room coming up on uh, on Thursdays at 9 p.m. It is the uh, Clubhouse Dragon's Den event. Uh, uh, this week we are, it's the uh, after the after the golden ticket. Uh, so we awarded a couple of, uh, of founders in, in CPG Um uh, chances to air on uh, on Dragon's Den, and we're going to be talking to them this week about to more about their business and and really what drives them. Um, and so uh, please stay tuned for that. But if you're not following the club, just click on the greenhouse, and you can follow the club, and then you'll get notice. We have like a scheduled events and then some impromptu events uh, as well. Yeah, and Mark, just uh, you know, thanks again. I I, I appreciate your time. Time is uh, is precious. I know you like giving back. You are giving back in a number of ways. I'm hoping this changed your perspective a little bit of what Clubhouse could be, because uh, you know the voice and hearing it from people, uh, hearing your advice, hearing your stories, your lessons. I think are are hugely important. We hear that from other founders, and so I do so much appreciate uh, uh, your time. I'm hoping I did a good enough job hosting you. Uh, I was I was ribbing you already that uh, that you'll have me back on Let's Eat, and we can share kind of more out there in the community. To, to help natural product founders uh, make this world a, uh, a healthier place. But uh, uh, with that, we got a couple of minutes to spare from our, our drop dead uh, cutoff date, uh, cutoff time. And, uh, and thanks so much for, uh, thanks for joining. I appreciate having me, man. I, I, and you're, you're on without a doubt, you're coming back. So uh, again, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. And uh, for everybody else, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, have yourself a good rest of your evening and, uh, and uh, uh, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Founder to Mentor podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes. You can help the show, please, by subscribing and leaving a positive review. As always, feel free to get in touch with me on social at Mike Fata. That's it for now. See you next time.